Dad, isn't it time for illegal ham in the face? But, but, but bro, where's the banjo? Everybody, we are here at episode 58 of Illegal Ham the Face. I am that fat guy. I am here with Big Bry. Hey, guys. Happy wedding week, Vinny. Hey, thank you very much. And always my cousin, Vinny. Vinny, poke your head in here for a second so hey. everybody can see you. There he is. All right. Morning, so it is everybody. Vinny's wedding week. We are down to, what, four days? Uh, yeah, this Let's Saturday see here. Rehearsal dinner, so. dinner is Thursday. Saturday, we get married, yep. and Saturday, we win our trip to Vegas. I love the sound see? of it. Wow. All right, we gotta be confident. By the way, <laughs> our show is brought to you by the APA of Lake Erie. Uh, Lake Erie APA does all western, uh, Cuyahoga County. They take care of tournaments. We are in a nine ball tournament right now, mm. it is the largest. Amateur Pool Association with over 250,000 people. You can win a trip to Vegas playing as a team, playing as a single in nine ball or eight ball in doubles. Jack and Jill, there's a handicap, a wheelchair. Um, oh, yeah. Wheelchair tournament. They have everything and anything for you to get to Vegas and try to get a chunk of that change from everybody all around the world. Japan, Canada everywhere oh yeah so with that being said bry and i am yeah. the camouflage apa hat which bry is going to get one here soon it's got the yeah. bag on the back cool. also the uh pool players association shirt so <laughs> we got that going on for us but right after i did this i got to bring in our special special guest is that okay let's do it he is a champion ship Winning coach and host of Voice of Land podcast, part of Big Play Sports. We are bringing in Kevin Arnold. There's the championship trophy, Bry. Wow, look at that! What's up, guys? What's going it's on? So buddy? big you can't even fit it in the screen. I know. I'm trying to adjust the screen just to get that get that trophy in there, man. It took too many second places in my time playing soccer, so. Nice. Finally getting the team to first, man. I had to had to enjoy it for a little while. Now we're not going to say what it's first in. It is not a major league sport. It is a thirteen year old yeah soccer sport. Yep, travel. Yeah, so That's right. It's a That's championship. Awesome. Just rock yep. out playing teams that were basically bringing premier level players down to the travel level to try to win a tournament, and uh, you know, 
just kick that you know what so uh no big deal nice. so uh Vinny, why don't you give us a rundown for today of what we're getting into you got it so first up we'll go ahead go over our shout outs We'll do the uh, the word of the day uh, trivia, which is your turn. I know I can't wait. I'm going to go after both of you on this one. Uh-huh. No, no, you don't stand. Oh yeah, I am. <laughs> usual. We'll cover little calves and Indians, and uh, Fat Boy Tuesday. We have uh, summertime fruits coming up, and our top three tonight is moments from the t- Cavs 2016 championship. We had our five year reunion with that. So, all right. So I, I picked summertime fruits for you, big guy, because uh, with your uh, gluten-free and your lactose, there's there's not much of Fat Boy Tuesday you can actually get into. I mean, I'm getting into it a little bit. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm finding my way. So first thing I got to ask before we get to our shout outs, how did the seat feel when you came back to Voice of Land? Because I got really comfortable in that seat. Like I just I made myself really comfortable in that seat. I mean, it felt good, man. It felt, uh, you know, <laughs> felt like it uh, just fit me right this time. So, you know, I think you, I think you really warmed it up for me. I, I had to. It was tough to live up to getting back on the show, man. After you, after you guys just knocked it out of the park, man. I was like, whoa! I didn't remember how to drive the ship anymore. Well, that's probably because of Space Jam, which. Oh yeah, I was flustered by that. Yeah, I know. It's okay. It was on my mind like all week long. Taking my movie to the cleaners, man. We're not going to let it happen. <laughs> all this called Space Jam Crash. Uh, as a kid, it's okay, but as an adult watching it back, it was trash. I'm like, like eh. I don't know. Some of the lines are still pretty funny. <laughs> now Has the second one come out yet? No, that's like middle of July, I think. Okay, so not yeah. too far away. I'm already setting myself up to like know that it's not going to be very good right so if it, if it is good then all the more power to it if it's not i really didn't have high expectations i love lebron but uh, i don't know if you can necessarily like re reignite this flame and mm-hmm. get something good out of it so we'll see i'll still watch it but i told paulus i said if you don't like space jam man i'm just sorry about your life i don't know just go sit in a corner or something i don't know <laughs> Well, he got me hooked on Star Wars. I hope you know. Oh, oh did yeah. he really? Well, that's good. He he made me watch The Mandalorian, and I oh. am like six episodes in right now. And I, oh, I, I love The Mandalorian. I, I can't, I I can't get enough of it. Like so, really? everything. Like it's actually really, really good. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that show. So don't it's tell that. Him that though. Don't tell. And the Marvel, the Marvel series that they've been having going on. Oh, like, I know. Loki's going right now. Yep. Disney Plus is is doing it right. Is they're doing it I, right. I've actually watched uh the Big Shot and the new uh Little Ducks, the Mighty Ducks Game Changers, whatever it oh, is. Oh yeah. Those are actually both really good put together shows. Are they? I haven't, yeah. I haven't had a chance to and check those would, out yet. You would love Big Shot because it's about a uh, college basketball coach mm-hmm. who uh went a little bit Bobby Knight and now has to coach a girls prep school. In high school because he can't get a college gig. Oh, all right. So it's actually really good. I, I, I've watched the first season of it. I think it's amazing. I really do. Well, that's one I definitely wanted to check out because after the trailer, I was like, this actually looks pretty good. Like, it's not just MCU. It's it's Disney Plus in general. It's Disney Entertainment. They 
they found a way to keep people hooked on stuff during uh during quarantine. Now that people are getting out, they don't think they want to. They just want to sit in front and <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody wants to binge watch a lot of these shows that they're putting out too. But of course they do it and they get they get you. Yeah. They release one a week and then they make you come back every single week. So you can't just do that free trial, binge watch your show and move on. So you know what I found myself going back and watching on Disney Plus was Gargoyles. Oh yeah. Oh, I've been watching oh, that too. I, <laughs> that and the old Mighty Ducks animated series. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I tried oh, yeah. to get my kids to watch it and they're like, what is this, Dad? Is I'm like, this? okay. I'm sorry. Sorry it's not Pixar like we got into today where it's all nice and shiny and this was I was gonna say I was gonna day. say those gifts were wanting me to go watch some Pixar movies tonight, man. I asked Kevin before on Twitter if he was ready to come on with us, Bry, and then mm-hmm. it just got Pixar after that. It was, <laughs> it was Finding Nemo. It was Toy it Story. Toy Story. It went to Cars. <laughs> it, I mean, it went. Even Jay got into. It. By the way, we got to say a little bit of prayers for Jay. Yeah, partially was, toward Achilles. I was there. Oh, was, did you I, hear there pop? I didn't hear a pop, but. They had like bases loaded. I think there was one out. So he had to go. So he starts running from third to home. And like I looked away, I looked away for a second because there was a play going on. Like they were trying to fumble the ball around on defense with the other team. And I turned back and all I hear was like this loud scream. And he goes down the ground. And I was like, no, just seeing so many non-contact injuries, the way oh. that guys go down. So I ended up you know, driving his car and driving him over to, you know, emergency room to get the initial testing done. That's what they're thinking. I think he's got to get like an MRI just to kind of confirm. But uh, luckily, you know, fortunate for us, you know, Dr. Dr. Jana was on the, was on the case to kind of get the initial treatment. So we got him to the right spot in the right, uh, right direction to, you know, start that healing process as quickly as possible. But yeah, prayers up to prayers up to him. That was that was not an easy easy thing to see at all. So uh, you know, glad he's in good spirits, but uh, you know, wishing him nothing but the best during his recovery. Well, that's our first shout out for the yeah. shout outs. Oh, or shout outs yet? Okay. So, well, I mean, we were reminiscing. We haven't seen Kevin forever. We're getting ready to have with him. I mean, it's gonna be sorry. a two hour show. Well, that's all right. That's it's our show. We can take it however long we want to, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's exactly right. That's what we were told about ours too. Yeah. We're in control. You know, as long as it's organic and everything's going good, we're not flubbing yeah. it up like we will be later. Yeah. Actually, no. I got the Browns table tonight, so no, we are not going two hours. No, oh, no. <laughs> but I mean, do we really have to talk that much about Cavs though today? Because oh, we got to know. We got to know. No, no, no. We have. We want. We have been saving calves for you. Oh, we for just me? we've been dipping our pinky toe <laughs> in it. We're like we're waiting till Kevin comes on so we can talk about this. Well, I reminiscing, wait. I'm good for talking about the team the way it's not the way it is now. <laughs> wait, <laughs> wait, wait, we haven't got into the show yet. You gotta wait for that. Yeah, you gotta it's been a while. It. <laughs> All right, so Brian, you got any shout outs today? Yeah, I was a busy boy this weekend. I went around to a few different places, so. Let me shout out um, a brewery here in Medina called Blue Heron Brewery. Um, 
it was a former golf course and it shut down, but it has this massive clubhouse and they kind of turned it into a brewery event center. Um, their patio is unbelievable. They got a, a tremendous view. Usually we were there on Friday. Usually they have live music there. Um, but because of the weather, they didn't this time. So go check them out. Good food. Um, yeah, good beer. I got a flight of beers, those tiny little four ounce beers that was like 10, 12 bucks. So it wasn't too bad. Um, and then on Saturday, I ended up playing nine holes of golf. And because it was a three hour, nine hole round, um, we cut it short and we went to, yeah, it was bad. We got stuck behind an outing. So we just said, screw the other nine. We'll get a, a rain check for it. So, so we went to the bar and we went to a place called wild Eagle saloon out there. And I think Brexville, North Ridgeville or North Royalton. Have you heard of that? It's It's right off. Yeah. It's right off 77. So it's almost to go. Uh, yeah, I'll check it out. Yeah, definitely yeah. check it out. I mean, there's one downtown, but it's kind of smaller. Yeah, right. Games there, but they got games and good food and yeah. It kind of it kind of reminded me of uh, the Foundry. Foundry. Um, it was a lot like the Foundry without the go karts. But the coolest thing about it for me was they have this wall of like 32 taps, um, all craft beers, and you put money on this card. And you just go up and you swipe your card and you can get like three ounces of beer and it just charges your card. So it might be what? they charge you like 50 cents an ounce or something. So you just swipe your card. I put 10 bucks on it, fill up three ounces, drink it. I go to another one, fill up four ounces there and I just move around and you can try like 10 different beers for 20 bucks or whatever. So no kidding. That, that was really cool to me. So I will be going back there. We didn't eat there. Um, but I was told they have some pretty good steak too. So Ooh, check it out. Steak, good wings. Good wings. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll Ooh. definitely go back then. So Vinny, you got any shout outs? I mean, it's wedding week. It is wedding Uh-oh. week. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, huge shout out. I got family and travel right now. Uh, some of them even possibly listening to the store, uh, to the show. Oh, store. Papa. Papa. Yep. Papa. <laughs> yep. My father, he's on his way on down uh, with his wife, Christine. So we can't wait to uh, smi- have them You here. guys can't see this. He is smiling so much. Right <laughs> now. He's like so excited. Actually, he's ready to get it done and over with. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just done. Right. That's where he's at. That's the boat he's in right now. I want it done. I, you know, I, I've already feel like I've, I've, I'm already married. So well, you've you been know, married. This is just the, this, this <laughs> of, I mean, of everything. I mean, in your head, so, you've been married since high school. So I have, it's yeah. okay. Absolutely, it's okay. Yeah, make it official. <laughs> exactly. So we will have so. a very special shout out on next Tuesday, right? For the happily married couple. You guys are going to what Myrtle Beach, right? Yes, we are. All right. Yeah. So that that. Cool. I Pearl Beach. We'll be leaving Monday. See? God, I'm jealous. I would love to go to Pearl Beach. <laughs> My wife says no. But that's all right. So, Kevin, do you have any shout-outs you want to bring to the show? I do. Sib- sibling Revelry, Revelry Brewery or Brewing mm-hmm. in Westlake. They had the event with, uh, with Big Play uh, and the Scottish Hammer, Jamie Gillen, punter for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, some good, good snack food there, but, uh, more so about the beer and they have a gluten free beer. So I was able to have my first here. 
I was able to have my first beer in about five or six years. Wow. Because I love it, was, it. Uh, it was gluten-free and tasted, didn't, couldn't taste the difference at all, honestly. So really? It was really That's good. Awesome. Yeah. And when you buy their pretzel bites, and it looks like an appetizer because, you know, very small food menu that they have there. It's just kind of a get together, kind of sit back, kick back with a few drinks or whatever. Man, you get a healthy portion of their pretzel bites. So, uh, Otis. yeah, we had we had pretzel bites all over the table. You couldn't see it in the screen when we were going live, but they were all over the place. We should have just bought two and then everybody shared because everybody started buying them and we had way too many left over. <laughs> Impossible. You know, it's really bad, Brian, is uh, <clears throat> we were invited, but I had the Twittasaurus birthday on uh, Friday. So we had a water balloon fight and a slip and slide. And, of course, my chubby ass went down to slip and slide. <laughs> uh, I have video for you so you can see it later. You'll laugh at it. I'm, uh, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I was wearing clothes, <laughs> I think. What t-shirt contest? So how big is Jamie in person? Like his arms look like they're massive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good. Yeah, good size. And uh, but just a, just an all around just good dude, down to earth. And he was looks like you guys had a blast with him. He was shotgunning beers with Browns fans. He was nice chug contest so- with Dave and hey, he, like sweet. I I didn't even know they were starting. I I honestly looked away for a second. I looked back. And his cup was empty. Right. This chug contest was like the most pathetic chug contest I have ever seen. He went like this. He's like the guy from uh, the man show with the. Oh, no. He's 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 really. He's back. Padone is still sipping on his. He goes, I'm not impressive. He didn't even finish. And Dave is still trying to catch up. There's no catching up. (laughs) Gilbert's looking at him going, come on. Come on, you can do it. There it is. There it is. <laughs> He's like living he, the life, man. I mean, he just downed that thing like that. Mm-hmm. It was it was a great event and a, just a just a great great place to kind of be there. They were all um, all the workers very welcoming and so so helpful. And it was just for it was for a great cause as well. So um, shout out to them for sure. Sibling Revelry Brewing in Wesley. All awesome. right. Thank you. Uh, it is now. I don't even have a sounder for uh, Vinny's. And this is new to you, Kevin. My cousin Vinny's word of the day. I heard oh. this last week. All right. So, my cousin Vinny, won't you give us our word of the day? Well, quick shout out again to Merriam Webster's dictionary. <laughs> so, that's where I'm going to end up pulling them all. Sponsor. One from, from the week's past. All here, right, let's do it. Let's give this one a shot. All right. Put it right into the microphone. Yeah. And. Jockened. Jockened. That is our word of the day. Jockened is our word of the day. Can I, have a, can I have a word of yeah? Can I get a definition? <laughs> yeah, right. That's all right. We gotta wait till after the end of the show. That's right. John, but geez. it is let me turn up our volume on this guy there to make sure. Yep, we're good here. It is my turn for trivia, so let's play a trivia sounder. Yeah. All right. 
Our trivia is always brought to you by Curb Appeal Landscaping and Papa V at CurbAppeal419.com. All right, so being nostalgic as we are, it is the five-year anniversary of the Cleveland Cavs Championship, which Brian gave us a wonderful shout-out last week about it. But mm. in that championship, we came back from 3-1. to one. Mm-hmm. All right. The final game seven of your Cleveland Cavaliers had eight players play in the game. We all know the starting five, right? You got yeah. you got Kyrie, you got LeBron, Tristan, Kevin Love. Yeah. Well, you name me the three. Name you the other three Cavs players that played in the game, in seven. game seven. 2016. 2016. Okay. Good question. I like that. Yeah, I like that. All right. So let's save that till the end of the show. First off, we are going to get in. I'm going to flip it around first. We're going to get into the Cleveland Indians. All right. We've had another pitcher go down. Uh, Savali's hurt. So our pitching staff is now just a bunch of, I don't even know. Bartolo Colon should be up here. I, I, <laughs> but they still. <laughs> You know, they still keep going on. And, you know, your buddy, my buddy, Mr. Paulus, brought it up to me. Mm-hmm. Where do you think this team would be at if Bobby Bradley was called up right at the beginning? Because he has lit a spark in this offense like you wouldn't believe. See, I know he says that we would be in first place or contending. Oh, I, I, mean, I mean, we're already contending for first place, and we were beforehand anyways. We weren't that far out of it without him up here we were kind of surprising people as it was but to be in first place that was his initial thought and that's what he told me when Bobby Bradley got the call like that we were texting back and forth about that you know the Indians would be in first place we would be in control I don't know that that's necessarily true because he's a guy that couldn't win the job out of spring training and one of the two question marks that we that we had, whether it was outfield or, or first base, couldn't win the job. And then, of course, they put him down to AAA and weren't, wouldn't call him up until you get through all the time where they can control his future and how long he's here. The Indians I mean, that's just a money team. thing, right, Kevin? That's just a money thing, right? It's a money thing for the organization. I think that doing that, though, I don't know that this was their intention, but I think that actually helped. Bobby Bradley reset his mind and kind of rejuvenate himself because once he was called up here, he knew the job was his. And, you know, it just seems like he's playing with more of an ease and no sort of, it always seemed like he was kind of uptight or like he was trying to press. He was trying to show all those big prospect things that people knew he could do popping his bat, um, trying to prove it defensively. Now he's just playing baseball. He's getting paid to play a kid's game, and that's what he's doing. Like, that's how he's that's how he's approaching the game. Like that's the look in the eye that I see. I mean, that's just my opinion, but I I think we'd be in a similar situation that we are now if he was up here before. I don't. He may have put himself down to AAA if he started here and left himself there the whole season instead of starting there, rejuvenating himself coming up when it's right and just playing baseball the way it's meant to be played. 
So, Brian, what I brought up was, well, he won the job outright. I believe he did in spring training. Mm-hmm. But they had to see what they wanted with Jake Bowers. Now that Jake Bowers is gone, he's got all the confidence in the world because nobody's taking his spot at first base anymore. Yeah. And I think that has a lot to do with it. What do you think about this uh, call-up that with Bobby Bradley that we really haven't really got into? I mean, he's actually spurred the offense. I mean, I think you and I were joking around one day where he's batting like 400 and like he's got five home runs and eight RBIs more than the two guys that were playing first base before. Yeah. And and I think, um, you know, there's no doubt he was probably frustrated because he thought, you know, what more do I have to show these guys for them to give me an opportunity? And we all thought all the fans were looking around. We're like, why not give this young guy a chance? I mean, we saw him a couple of years ago and he didn't do much with that, but yeah, like Kevin said, I think he's just playing freely. And I don't know if you could really foresee um, these type of numbers that he's putting up these last few weeks because it's not like he was an MVP of the AAA uh, Columbus team or anything like that. So I think something's just clicking with him. He's finally just comfortable. And, uh, you know, let's just hope he can continue it for as long as he can because we're going to need a lot of runs over the next few weeks. Well, and that's that's the other thing. I mean, how do you guys feel about the starting pitching? Savali's down, Bieber's shut down. We still have Plesak out with a phantom finger break, hand, whatever. And now we're on the backside with people that are unproven mm-hmm. and are sporadic at best. And now we got to piece it together. Are you worried that Tito is going to? Uh, work the bullpen too hard here in these middle sessions. I mean, he kind of already, he kind of already has been to a certain extent too. I mean, when he's got those three guys, you got the setup to the setup, setup and closer. I mean, those guys get used as, as much as possible. So, I mean, that's always been one of my only concerns with Terry Francona. I trust his decision-making and think he's one of the best managers in all of baseball in baseball history but he's loyal to a fault to his pitching staff. And now the pitching staff that he knows he has confidence in, you may see him rely on them a little bit too much. And if they end up in the playoffs at the end, you may see the similar situation that has always done, done the Indians in. The guys you relied on the whole time, and it takes pitching in the playoffs. It's just – it's not there. You know, these next this next month and a half is going to be – it's going to be vital for this team to really figure out, can they piece any sort of rotation together? Because when those guys were healthy, four and five were, were non-existent for this team anyway. So now one through five, boy, I don't envy the the stress and the process Terry Francona is going to have to go through to, to try to figure this out until guys really start coming back. Brian, what do you think about this? Yeah, it's – it's going to take a heck of a coaching job for Francona. This could be one of his biggest challenges of his career because, yeah, we're basically down to the studs here. We got a we got a bunch of unproven guys, and he's going to have to keep a focus towards August and towards September, and not try to burn out the guys that he's going to need then. And that's kind of what gives me a little bit of comfort is that Francona's been through almost everything. And he's got that um, 
you know, he's a veteran. He, he's been through it before. He's not going to, you know, sacrifice our future for our right now. And so if that means have keeping a starter in there that doesn't have the right stuff, that has given up three runs in the first inning or 10 runs in the first four innings, sometimes you just have to fold it up and say, you know, maybe today is not our day rather than, going through our studs in the bullpen two innings each or something like that. And so, yeah, right now we're, we talked about it last week. We're just in stay afloat, stay afloat mode. Um, you know, we're probably not going to make a run over the next couple of weeks. We just got to save our energy, get guys healthy and push in August and September and try to catch the White Sox then because it's probably not going to happen right now. Well, we are 10 above 500. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's, I didn't expect that from this team. I expected us to just be hovering around 500, but they have found ways to sneak them out and get them done. And, you know, some kudos to them. Let's see what happens up here with the next few weeks with the injuries and everything. We got Fran Mill back at rehab right now. He's doing a, uh, he's playing at Lake, I think, Lake County. He's going to AAA, actually. Trip, right. He was doing some running of the bases, I think, before one of their games on Sunday. He was down at Lake County just to just getting some individual work in, and they're going to send him to to AAA to get some get some of bats down there. So he's down at Columbus. And... Yeah. All right. So he's getting a rehab start tonight. Shane Bieber is the one that I worry about because that's your ace in the hole. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what you're guaranteed at least can give you five innings. Other than that, you can't guarantee anything else. Well, I, I read the uh, the injury the way it was worded on MLB's update to uh, to the physical therapist in my in my household, and the look she gave was not one that gave me much confidence. Hmm. Are we are we thinking this might be a Corey Kluber kind of a shoulder strain that's going to keep him out for a while? possible possible but if you and hoping for hoping for it to be kind of a you know something that's it's not too too bad and being a little bit younger able to come back a little bit sooner and but come back right don't try to just come back to come back and yeah shoulders right. any sort of injury like that as a pitcher you come back too soon now you're just you're putting yourself in a in a deep hole if you if you aggravate it and you're having to take longer to rehab if you than you would have the first time rehabbing it the right way. Yeah, and, and let's just hope they're smart about it, which I'm sure they will be because, you know, if if we can't have them back at full strength this whole year, then, you know, we're going to be counting on Bieber for the next two, three, four years going forward. So yeah. hopefully they have that vision that, uh you know, we're going to need this guy. It's not time to push all the chips to the middle because this is our only chance with them. Well, Princess is here. Uh, Princess has made her debut again. Uh, geez, I love that dog. <laughs> <laughs> well, that means we got transition over to our Cleveland Cavaliers. And this is why we brought Coach Kev. I said Coach Kev this time. Coach Kev on. Because uh, the ping pong balls dropped tonight. Uh, we'll see where we end up at. Uh, anywhere between, you got to get at least the top five to get a game changer, right? Yeah, I think it's 
they're saying top four or top five. Mm-hmm. I I mean, hope top four. It's, so it keeps it keeps going down. I heard top five or six at one point, then top four. Some people even think top three with Cunningham, Suggs, Kaminga. If you don't get in that, then you're just you're hoping for something to just be more than what it looks like it is. Um, but then that's a person that takes that's a player that takes two or three years to really really show that most guys that they play above their draft stock as time goes on it's usually by like year two or three so now we're still we're basically on the same track next season as we were this season so just a quick question if we don't get it let's just say the top four Kevin Mm -hmm. I heard there is a who's the sitter from USC oh Mobley yes if we should happen to draft him at five we got plenty of sitters right yeah. Is it like best player available? Do we bring him in and kind of, let's just say, piss off Jared Allen? Or do we package him and get a couple other picks later on, knowing that we don't need a sitter, we need help elsewhere? Wow. That's a, that's an interesting scenario. That becomes the, becomes the thing. And I mean, this team is guards and centers. We don't have wing players. No. We have a guy that can defend on the wing and can defend most positions in, in a Coro, but his size kind of gears more towards – if you're going to go traditional positions, you, that gears more towards a, a two, honestly. So now you're just – you're filtering a bunch of guys through a one and a two, and you don't have that traditional three. Like, who's that guy that can go get their shot, they can go get theirs – when everything becomes stagnant out there, they can play make for others, but when things really need a kickstart and they can go get theirs out there on the floor, who is that guy? That's the piece that they're really missing. If you, if Mobley is, is there at five and you're talking about packaging him and and a couple picks, I don't know. That might be, you might see that move kind of happen. And then, you know, that's the, red blinking light or indicator to you that look next season we're again in that same boat and trying to get trying to get that as best of odds to get a top pick that we can i mean we've been fortunate in our history with top picks but i don't know to i don't like the odds that we have because i think the lowest they can go is eight or nine but that's mm-hmm. so far that, like in a draft, like an NBA draft, that is so far away from such yeah, a but- very small group of talented players that could change your franchise. Yeah, but you can also find players there. Is like Brian, Brian and I talked about this. Mm-hmm. There's got to be a player in the back end of this draft. I mean, you've had players right pick later on that have turned into superstars. I mean, Giannis, you had Litter. Why? Yep. Is there a guy like Miller. that that you yeah. like that could be that guy? You know, if need be, if we drop down to let's just say if we pong pong ping pongs, pong 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 If the ping pong balls fall the wrong way, we get like eighth. Is there a guy there that you would be like okay with? Because the way I see it, you know, it's top four or bust, mm-hmm. and I think the Cavs need a top four bus because like you said, they need a scorer. I I love Colin Sexton, 
but they need a guy that can do it whenever he wants to. See, right now, I I don't see one, but I always dig a little bit deeper once the draft order is really kind of set. Because you know the teams that are at in the ping pong ball race and have some of the best odds, you know exactly what they need and why they had the record that they had. And once it kind of sets, you those top four go off the board, and that's basically a given. It just depends on which team they're going to. Then you got to look at the rest of the prospects that are in the draft. Uh, I got to do some more digging. That's something I'm going to have to get back to you guys on, depending mm-hmm. on what pick we get. I mean, if we're top four, this convers- that conversation doesn't really need to happen. But if it's a lower pick or even you know just outside that top four, if we stay pat at five, that's how the ping pong balls go. I'll, I'll dig a little bit deeper. Like I said, it's it's usually that month leading up to the up to the draft. That's where I try to go see if I can find those those diamonds in the rough. Go back to what I watched during the tournament and all those other things to really really pinpoint a guy after the shock wears off of oh well we don't get a top guy. <laughs> Let's see what actually is out there and you know actually take a hard look and a real look at this and don't just fan so hard and think the the world is coming crashing down. I try not to do that as much as I can. So I got some guys here in front of me and it's a lot of the top guys. We'll start with um and, and I won't ask you about every single one of them, but mm-hmm. do you think is Cade Cunningham is he the number one pick? No doubt. No doubt. Okay. No doubt. So if we get one, we're going Cade Cunningham. Yeah. I I don't see I mean I really like Jalen Suggs, but that's if you are after one that's that's my guy is Jalen Suggs it's Cade Cunningham and then everybody else I'm with you he I mean he's got it all he's six eight point guard he shoots 41 percent from threes so I think that's a guy like a guy like Jalen Suggs scares me a little bit just because I don't know I feel like we got something like him already you know six four smaller ish guard he's a playmaker don't get me wrong but if you get him, then you're almost giving up on either Sexton or um, or Garland. Mobley, we talked about. Yeah, mm. people compare him to like a Chris Bosh. But um, another guy I was intrigued with was Jalen Green, um, 6'5". He played in the mm. G League, but he's small. I, I It's hard for me because I look at these guys kind of like I look at NBA players, which yeah. maybe isn't fair to them because they still have a lot of maturing to do. Um, but he's only, uh, 165 pounds. So that scares me. So I'm like you, I'm looking for somebody, a wing player, um, that is maybe a little bit bigger and can shoot it a little bit. Um, so guys that, that I was looking at, um, Jalen Johnson's not bad from Duke and the fat man's going to call me a Homer, but, uh, Wagner from Michigan. Oh, Wagner. I don't want him. Um, but on paper, he's what we need. He's six nine. He shoots almost forty percent from threes. I take it, Bob. Um, is that girl making her debut? Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he, yeah, he's not great. Um, a, a sleeper that maybe I was thinking of and looking at was uh, Moses Moody from from Arkansas, six eight. Shoots it pretty well. Um, I think we need somebody like that. Six eight, six nine, can play the wing. Um, 
and we can maybe pair up with our smaller backcourt that we have and even Okoro if he's playing the three um, just to give us some athleticism. And I was talking to the fat guy a couple weeks ago and I was, I was tough on Okoro um, just because you were really right there with you. I'm right there with you. Honestly, I was, you know, a top five pick. He only scored 20 plus points a couple times this year. Do you, do we have a lot of hope in him? Um, is he still, is it too young to tell? Cause everyone, whenever I bring that up, everyone says, well, he's just a defensive guy. He's a developmental guy, but we drafted him at five overall. You know, there are guys on the first team, all NBA that were taken behind him. So are you still hopeful about him? Are you kind of like starting to sour on him? Look, need to see more or what? I'm not souring on him. And if someone were to come to me and say that they're totally done with Okoro, they need him to go, um, he's a bust, I would I would debate them all day. I mean, I don't know if things would get heated on it, but I would at least debate them all day on that because these kids are young. And, you know, you look at an NBA draft versus an NFL draft. Yeah, seven rounds to two rounds, but the drop-off in talent pick to pick is more like the drop-off in talent round to round in the NFL. Like if you're in the first round, you know you're getting someone that's going to contribute what possibly start for you if you're later on in the first round, but they're still going to have a major impact and be what you expect out of a first-round talent. In the NBA, right. again, top three, top four picks are – you know, are made made out to be sure things. Of course, nothing is a sure thing in professional sports and prospects and, you know, guessing and opinions or whatever. But these, the experts say these are the top guys and they usually perform pretty well. And then it's a huge drop off as you go. My thing with Okoro is he's good defensively. I think he he easily fell into and young and naive fell into the typical Cavs trap of defensive philosophy. That's what really needs to change is the philosophy and the culture. And it's not getting through to these young guys. They can go out there, they can score, they can impress some of these other stars around the league, like Draymond Green saying that Darius Garland is, you know, he is that dude. He's a real, real dude. And he's one of the toughest guys he had to guard this year. You can say all that, but if you don't have the culture behind it, there's they're talented players, and yet we're not winning. So is it the coach? Are the players not as talented? And Okoro mm-hmm. just – he got lost in defensive transitions and through screens throughout the year. Like, just go be that dog out there. Go get yep. the best guy or one of the best guys on the floor and just and be the, the defensive stalwart that we knew you were and each offseason, keep adding things to your game. That's what Kawhi Leonard did. I'm not saying he's going to be Kawhi Leonard. But that's the that's the mold, that's the process to follow as someone that does one thing really well, has question marks on the other. You can answer a lot of those questions very quickly by just taking it step by step and succeeding at what you do well and adding everything else on to be icing on the cake. Yeah, this this will definitely be a big off season for him. See if he can hopefully take the next step to add some offensive uh, game and to transition from Okoro to the guy who chose Okoro. How do you feel about uh, the Cavs bringing back Altman? I I don't know. I I just 
that if looks he, says it all. Boy, Brian, <laughs> you were just you were sledgehammering everything tonight. Well, I gotta I gotta <laughs> know because I was in the camp of he's got to go. He hasn't pro- progressed this team any closer to a championship or even a playoff spot. I don't think. So I want to preface this by saying, you know, continued prayers out to Dan Gilbert because dealing with, I believe it was, you know, a stroke or, or something like that, the health issues that he went through, that's why we haven't seen much of him. And, and I know it's been, you know, a difficult year plus for them just personally and health wise. But if he is, if he's still kind of talking to the front office and if he's directing Altman on these things, like some people have these theories of or have these conspiracy theories of, then you're easily manipulated to do those things instead of kind of being a strong front office executive that is able to go to the owner and has a good enough relationship and rapport with them to say, like, this won't work or this this is why what you're telling me isn't good for where you want this team to go. So if he's being manipulated, that's not a good thing. If he is the one making the calls – the calls haven't really helped this team progress and be in a position to actually compete again in the NBA. Like even getting into the play-in, getting these guys bright light experience can do wonders for for certain guys. You look at the Phoenix Suns in the bubble last year, and again, I'm not saying that this is the Cavs' exact track, but there are blueprints in place that can be followed. So if he's pulling the strings, if Altman is pulling the strings, hasn't done a good job, needs to go. If he's easily manipulated and just doing what other people tell him to do, knowing that they won't work, that's not good. You need to go. So if he, they're going to keep him on for this year. There's a lot of a lot of guys within this organization that have – this is probably the most crucial offseason for, for them and this team that we have seen in a while. The honeymoon of the championship. That ended. That ended for me a while ago. Mm-hmm. Most of Cleveland's still still feeling it. But at some point, the standards have to go back to it's time to compete and not just be the drudge of the league that is everybody knows is an easy win and people see you as taking the professional tank path every single season. It, enough is enough for me. Yeah, because because we've been so bad uh, for the last five years, it's well, really uh, three years. It mm-hmm. seems like the championship was ten years ago. Yeah, <laughs> it's awful. So before we switch on to Fat Boy Tuesday, there's mm-hmm. two questions I got to ask you before we go. Okay. First off, if the Cavs should land in the top three with mm-hmm. the ping pong ball of destiny, and they draft a guard. What happens to our backcourt? Who goes? Oof. Because right now you have Sexton and Garland who are both undersized guards. And if we draft a, another guard, let's just say that's 6'5", mm-hmm. that's not a true point guard, that's a shooting guard, who goes? Well, you can't get them all minutes, so one of them does have to go. I want to. I kind of want to see more out of Darius Garland than I do Colin Sexton. Even though I love Colin Sexton's game, but if you make me choose one that goes, Darius Garland, 
because I think this organization really has a lot behind Colin Sexton, and and rightfully so. I want to see both of them back here, so another guard would just put my head in – just make it explode trying to <laughs> think about all that. But if they draft another guard, one has to go, and it would probably be Garland, who hasn't been on the floor as much as Sexton and hasn't done hasn't been able to show as much as Sexton to this organization. Oh, at that point in time, who's the point guard then? Because we know Sexton can't be the point guard because he's not obviously no. good at it. So the other quite the reason why I brought it up is because mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> wonderful rumblings out of Philadelphia about a Ben Simmons. Oh, look at him roll his eyes and just get it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just soaking it. All right. Uh, but there is, right? Right. There's I know. Rumblings. I know. There's rumblings that Ben Simmons yeah. to Cleveland. So at that point in time, if we draft a guard, are we getting Ben Simmons? I hope not. I really hope not because I don't I don't know how you turn around that jump shot. I mean, Giannis is a freak of nature athlete that just imposes his will enough of the times to help the Bucks win. But if a team kind of baits him into taking that early jump shot and he makes it, he kind of falls into the LeBron mode of just taking jumpers, and he's not going to make nearly as many as LeBron does. And LeBron doesn't even make enough in the league. Uh, you look at Ben Simmons, he can't even get that first one to go in. And he shot 33% from the free throw line in the series against the Hawks. 33% at the free throw line. Awful. And I'm not saying that you guys want him. I know what the rumblings are. I've heard it all. Kev, the only reason why I bring it up, he's still only like 23 years old. He's still a buck. It's not like he's got tread on the tires where he's LeBron James. I think his confidence is completely shot. And yep. I think Philly fans, and you know Philly fans are rude. Mm-hmm. I think Philly fans and part of his team help. I mean, you got Embiid, who is yeah. just... Embiid is... He's just next level. Let's just put it that way. He is, right? Yeah. He's clogging up the lane. Well, guess what? You got a 6'8 point guard in Ben Simmons. What are you supposed to do? Go down there with a bead? Uh, you can't. He has to develop a jumper. And I get that he needs it. But the rumblings are Sexton and love for Ben Simmons. Hmm. Oh. oh. Because it matches up. <laughs> That'd be nice right. to get rid of love. Yeah, I know. I mean, you're you're getting rid of a bad contract to take on a, a loaded contract, and a, I, but a guy that you're you're hoping, but it's not a 36 year old loaded contract, right? You're bringing in a guy that you're hoping you can turn around his confidence, and I don't have a lot of confidence in our culture to do that for someone like him, right? And it's so it's difficult to watch him. He's not passing the ball with ease like he used to as a playmaker because that's the right play to make and has that basketball IQ that he has it. He has that basketball IQ to make plays for other people. He's passing it because he doesn't have confidence in himself to make, make that shot. If he comes here, I'm going to, I'm going to root for him. And you know, it's Cleveland through and through always, 
But I don't know if you guys saw anything from first take today and Stephen A. Smith. I know it's sometimes taking a grain of salt with some of those guys. <laughs> but the New York scene and the Philly scene are two spots that he has really tapped into from his beat reporter days. He got a text on air from someone that, you know, he clamored for. Again, this is from Stephen A. Smith. This isn't, you know, me believing it. But a guy like that is going to get good sources all the time. And someone texted him during the show about Ben Simmons saying he doesn't like to put in the work. He just looks at everybody like family and kind of gets babied. And that's what, quote, unquote, that's the text that Stephen A. Smith got. I'm not saying that it's true, but Ben Simmons is a guy that, you know, when you listen to that and then look back at how his career has gone, boy, it makes you ponder, makes you think for a second. That's for sure. Well, we're just going to stop it right there because we Man, put me in the put me in the hot seat. Over I'm here. sorry, I yep. have. Kevin. Hey, I'll take it. Basketball, I'll take all day. I know I've joked early, but. I don't take basketball all day, and that's why I said on the show, my show this week on Voice of Land, that as much as I love the Browns and I'll cry if they win a Super Bowl, if you were to ask me right now which one I would rank higher, it would be the Cavs championship just because it means more off the floor than it does just as a sport for how my dad and I and how my dad brought me up and kind of my connection to the sport goes deeper than just just basketball as you see on the floor. So. It holds a special place in my heart. It's probably blasphemous to Cleveland fans, but, you know, I I, I understand it's a football town. (laughs) More Indians, so I I get it. I get it. But you're ready for this? I'm ready. And now it's time for Fat Boy Tuesday. Love it. It is definitely time for Fat Boy Tuesday. And he, he snickers every time I play that sound. I love that sounder. That is like <laughs> my favorite sounder now. So with that being said, we, we just had Father's Day. We had my Twitter birthday. We had a whole bunch of stuff going on this weekend. And I watched my two eight-year-olds eat a whole watermelon within a matter of like three hours. So we are going to go summertime fruits. Here on Fat Boy Tuesday, we're going to bring my cousin Vinny back in on this one. So my summertime fruits. So let's get into summertime fruits. You have watermelon, you have cantaloupe, you have mushmelon, which I call mushmelon. It's honeydew. Uh, you have grapes. You have strawberries. Oh, strawberries! You have blueberries, raspberries. So this is right up your alley because of other Fat Boy Tuesdays that we've had have been on the uh, heavier side, let's just say, right? The yeah. the, uh, the pound side. We haven't been on the healthy side in a while. Yeah, they make me miss being able to eat those things all the time too. So you know, thanks for that. Not at all. <laughs> so let's let's get into Fat Boy Tuesday. What do you guys think about summertime fruits? Like my big thing is watermelon. Oh my God, watermelon! That's number one for me. It, now I have to ask: Do you guys use a salt shaker on that watermelon? Never have, no. But all right, no. well, now you gotta try. Yeah, I'm gonna have you to. gotta try. It makes it a little sweeter. Okay, which salt is shaker. weird. Which yeah. is weird. So my grandfather used to slice up a watermelon. I get the slice. He'd hand me the salt shaker. 
sprinkle a salt on top of it, take a bite, it actually makes it a lot sweeter, which is shocking. Uh, is there any other fruit? Oh, what about kiwi? Ooh, there kiwi. we go. Kiwi? Are we all moral kiwi? I like kiwi. Mm-hmm. All right. So tell me some of the summertime fruits that you guys like to get into. Let's go with, I got to bring up my cousin Vinny first because he's been waiting at the chops. Cavs agreeing with me. So give me some summertime fruits, bud. You know, I, I got to be honest with you. There's one fruit that uh, my youngest has, has kind of brought up, and that's dragon fruit. Oh. Have you ever had dragon fruit before? I have not. I have we, not. We were at Giant Eagle. We were walking through. She goes, oh, dragon fruit. We got to get some. We got to get like three of them. Well, first thing, like, it's like four or five bucks, like, for each one of these things. <laughs> so it is expensive. Uh, at least for me, it is. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going. I, I I don't know. I really don't go out shopping too often. No, you don't. No, you don't. So, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'm looking at these things. I'm like, all right, yeah, sure, yeah, let's get one. Yeah, okay, one for you, one for me, one for mommy. All right, yeah, let's do this. I tried it. There's like, there's no taste to it. It's just kind of like a like a sliminess to it. Have you guys ever had dragon no, fruit? Before? No, none of us have had. Pick one up. And give it a try. Uh, they're they're like there really is like they've had like trident uh, gum dragon fruit. Yeah, it kind of has a little bit of a taste to it. Dragon fruit itself really doesn't have a taste to it. It was the <laughs> most bizarre thing in the whole world. And you see all the it's like it's white on the inside. It's like it's a uh, like magenta on the outside. And then when you slice this thing open. It's kind of a, a, a slimy-ish white and with like black dots all over in it. So I, I assume those are seeds. Yeah. But <laughs> you know, give it a try. All right, now I gotta you try, gotta try this. Yeah. I mean, I've never tried it, so there's another one on the list I gotta try, Bri. Yep. Bri's Go not on the camera. So Bri, what what's your one favorite fruit? What was that? I don't know. The window's open over there. Some big. Uh, I think it's. Uh, I think it drives past every single day. It's like this pickup truck, but they got like the huge exhaust, like big. Oh, third of the bike strip. Yeah, so, that was stop <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Brian, give me your favorite fruit for the summer. Well, if I had to pick one, um, I'm not a huge uh, watermelon guy. My wife and I were just talking about this the other day. I love watermelon flavored stuff. Yeah, but I really don't like watermelon. I, what I'll eat it. Don't get me wrong. Vodka in it because that's the greatest oh, yeah. thing about no. watermelon is you just pour a bottle of vodka in that thing and let's have a party. Never tried it. Uh, what? <laughs> no. Oh, I would. It doesn't sound right. bad. We gotta get a watermelon and a bottle of vodka. Absolutely. <laughs> let's do it. Um, but as far as the ones that I do like. Um, I love me some pineapple. Um, oh, yeah. It's a little sweet, pineapple. so it's not my number one. My number one, I'd probably say, would be cantaloupe. Oh. A nice, cold cantaloupe. You can't oh, beat yeah. that. I All love right. it. So, Kevon, this is right up your alley, right? Yeah, I know. I not hit it out of the park? Yeah, you did, because we actually just had, um, you know, usually when we buy fruit here, we always say like, let's cut it up. Like as soon as we get it home from the grocery store, we set it down. We sit down. We 
don't ever do it. And then by the time we cut it up, it's like, it's got like one day left and trying to eat it. We actually just had some cantaloupe, honeydew, and watermelon that were all like pristine, like to the best ripeness, like that perfect flavor and everything. And I was making myself fruit salads to go to work with. I mean, it was just watermelon is always my number one, but give me, like Bri just said, give me a good cantaloupe. I can always count on going to grandpa's house and especially during the summertime, them having a big bowl of perfect cantaloupe in the oh, fridge yeah. for him. And I go there like one day a week, try to get over there as much as I can, but only one day a week. I got to sneak myself a few pieces before he eats it all up, you know, because I know it's going to be, <laughs> it's going to hit the spot. Even though you're not craving it, it hits the spot. Oh yeah. So my big thing, and growing up where I grew up at, um, for us, yeah, we had watermelon, we had cantaloupe. That wasn't the the thing that got me the most. The thing that got me the most was black raspberries mm. or strawberries. You get a bucket, you can go out on the hill and just find a briar bush and start picking raspberries nonstop. Now, granted, I would eat half of them as I'm (laughs) for me, one for the bucket, one for me, one for the bucket. That's how I got this big. But for (laughs) for me and raspberries, you got that big? Well, black raspberry pie, too. There's other things involved with lots of sugar. Is there other stuff (laughs) on the side? Lots of sugar. (laughs) Definitely more than just blackberries. Uh, Thank you, Vinny. <laughs> was it but more no, than just pie too? <laughs> Pizza Whopper. pie. Did the, did, the, right, did the slice of pie come with like some toppings and some other other sweets oh, and geez. bacon and even the guests is kicking me. It's a free for all now. Yeah, you, you brought this I'm upon yourself. Curious. <laughs> um, it was a lot of Big Macs. Let's be honest. <laughs> Thank you. It has nothing to do with raspberries. It has nothing to do with raspberries. Big Macs and French fries. All right. Thank you. Um, but no. Uh, yeah, that was growing up in peaches. We haven't brought up peaches. I oh. like I miss like a peach cobbler or an apple cobbler or a cherry. Oh, give me cobblers all day. I eat cobblers like you would believe. Like I, I, I'm sorry, I can't. Like especially peach. Peaches are like my big thing. I, I don't know. I'll just grab them off, start eating them. Even they the more crispy, crispy or like softer stage for peaches for you because my dad was always big at like when the peaches were soft i liked them like just starting to ripen them when they were crisp that i like crisp because i could eat them as an apple if they were soft it was like yeah i like crisp ones it's like it's just the juice gets everywhere like the flavor is good but it just i don't know it's just too big of a mess for me at least i was like the crisp and i could cut it into slices or just eat it right off and then those are the ones where the seed in the middle just comes right out. You don't got to worry about it broken or anything. Nope. Now, do you guys eat peaches like you would eat an apple, or do you shave the uh, the outer edge oh, off? I eat it the like skin? an apple. I eat it like okay. an apple. Right. I eat it like that. Hey, look at this guy. I'm not waiting to shave something off the skin. <laughs> I don't have many food options. I got to get my nutrients <laughs> <laughs> I ain't got time to wait. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh my the food Lord. options have drastically <laughs> reduced, so I gotta enjoy anything I can eat. I'm little away the here. Ultimate extreme. Uh, <laughs> all right, well, let's get out of Fat Boy Tuesday because honestly, we do have a time straight. I'm not really, but you know, we do. Let's get into our top three. All right, and I gotta click this over. Let's see here. I forgot about. Let me go to the Fat Boy Tuesday Summertime Fruit. And top three today is memories from the 2016 Cleveland Cavaliers Championship. So let me play our sounder. All right. So our top three is not brought to you by anybody, but it could be. So hit us up at Legal Ham in the Face at I am that fat guy or find us on Facebook at legal head of face or YouTube. Um, so Bri, mm-hmm. I'm going to go to you first. Give me your top three 2016 championship moments. Okay. Um, I don't know how you guys did this, but um, I tried to think outside the box a little bit because, you know, for me, it's going to be the moment they won the championship, the Kyrie shot, the LeBron block. And so the parade, all of that. Um, I tried to maybe put that aside and well, you went different. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, you know, that's, that's going to be a lot of people's. So I tried to break it down game by game. And so to be honest, I don't remember a whole lot from games one, two, three, and four. I just remember games five, six, and seven, like they were yesterday. So I tried to pick a moment from each game or a series of moments. And so my game five moment, which would be my number three, will be Kyrie just was unhuman. I know LeBron put up 41, Kyrie put up 41, but you go back and watch that game. Kyrie through the first three quarters, he couldn't miss. He was he was next level. He, if he could have kept that up for a whole career, he'd have been the best player in the world, hands down. It, it was just it was so much fun to watch. I think at one point he was like twelve for fifteen, um, and he just could not miss. So that's my game five moment. Game six, number two. We were blowing him out the whole time, so it's hard to come up with a moment, but when Curry threw his mouthpiece, that was that was next level. I loved every. I just wish the fan that he hit picked up his mouthpiece, went to th- hand it back to him, and then they chucked it into the stands. I wish he would have done something like that <laughs> just to disrespect him even more. Because I think back to that series and just how much I sports hated uh Steph Curry and oh my lord yeah and LeBron also blocking him and talking trash to him that that's what sports is all about so when you hear about the two of them potentially meeting up you know kind of takes it away from that but I love that and then game seven my number one is um not the block not the shot not the stop I'm gonna go with a a JR uh to start the third quarter getting us back in that game Yeah, and and just hitting a couple shots where we really needed it because LeBron was doing his thing, Kyrie was doing his thing. We just needed somebody else to step up and start scoring, and and JR gave us that spark and got us back into it. All right, I'm going to go to my cousin Vinny for his top three. So, you know, 
I don't follow all the games and everything all super closely like you guys do a lot of times. Haven't really been too huge into the Cavs or kind of any sports for the most part. I like to watch it. I like to have fun. So kind of from an outside perspective. Um, my number three kind of seems a little off. And that was actually when the when the Warriors beat us in the, actually in the second game. Um, what was that? Uh, 110 to 77. And yeah, that was bad. You know, kicked our butts. They they did, you know, especially in the second game, but it it started the fuel for the fire. So it really got us going, which really kind of leads me to my number two at that point is the Cavs winning game three, 120 to 90. You know, that a huge explosion that kind of happened. We were on home turf, you know, it was time to bring Cleveland back to light in that situation. So, you know, I understand game four at home, you know, we ended up losing that one. Uh, what was that? 97 to 108 actually. Um, but again, it kind of, listen, our, our best still isn't good enough. We need to still kick it up to the next level again to see Kevin love playing as good as he was doing to see everybody really gelling and playing the best basketball that, we've ever seen here in Cleveland. Um, you know, my number one is is just holding that trophy up after that 93-83 win. You know, there it is. Yeah. So it's all about. Yeah. All right. So Kev, we're gonna save you for last. All right. So my number three is I gotta go with the Kevin Love D up on Steph. Who would have thought Kevin Love played defense? Not this guy. But he did that game. <laughs> it Kevin, it doesn't matter. He did his job. All right. He knew he was looking for a three. I mean, all you have to do is play the three. He wasn't driving it to the hoop at all. So at that point in time, my number two, and yes, you have the block, you have the shot, you have everything else. I'm with Brian. JR coming out hot in the third quarter and throwing it up like crazy. What do yeah. you have? Three or four in a row? I think I want to. He either scored seven or ten points pretty quickly in the first half like of the third quarter. Bang, bang, bang! Right out of the gate. Mm-hmm. My number one memory, and I actually woke my kids up for this, and they were see, they're sixteen. They were three years old. And I grabbed both my boys and I pulled them out for it, and the cry from LeBron going, "Cleveland, this is for you." I held both of my kids. I was crying like a little baby at that point in time just being so invested in this team and my boys will probably never remember that. I wish they would, but that was a proud moment because my wife had no clue what was going on. I kicked open her door. I started screaming. I kicked open the kid's door. They're in bed. I'm like, I don't care. Let's go. (laughs) I grabbed them out of there and I'm holding both of them. And they're just like trying to figure out what's going on. And that's the only thing I heard was Cleveland. This is for you. And that got, is like my biggest goosebumps. I got goosebumps. I still get goosebumps hearing uh, that. Every time uh, I hear that on ESPN or anywhere else, Cleveland, this is for you. We haven't had a team or a person say that in so long. And to hear it, to feel it and hear it changes everything for this city. 
And, and the fact that it was on Father's Day and so many fathers never got to s- celebrate a championship with their kids. Nope. I, so I, I really did. So special. My wife, my wife asked me, she goes, what do you want to do? I'm like, I'm watching the Cavs game. You go to the bedroom. Kids are going to bed. I'm watching the Cavs game. And I, I stayed up for everything. I watched the last shot. I even watched like the last few seconds going, and I don't even know why I watched the last few seconds because when they missed the first three, they're already down four. Why the hell am I watching the last part of this game? Doesn't matter if they shoot a three or not, the game's over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So you know what I mean? Like Spade gets small, right. like, oh, Spade got the ball. And I'm like, it doesn't matter if the game's over. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Kevin, give me your top three memorable moments of 2016. Well, this is where it means the most to me. Um, so going to take a little bit of a different approach like Bri did. Number three would be the parade. And, of course, today, recording, June twenty second, 2021, is the five-year anniversary of having an actual championship parade here in Cleveland. Not $1.3 million. One, I was part of the 1.3 million. I can accurately what? say, yeah. <laughs> I, I was working downtown actually at CSU with a summer camp at the time, and we're checking the kids in at 7 a.m. and I'm already seeing people with bag chairs walking past on 24th and Chester, walking past the doors to go get their spot at 7 a.m. in the morning. Um, and we, you know, our shift ended about midday around lunch right as the parade was kicking off and getting down 9th street so we found a spot able to be a part of that because i haven't had a chance to be a part of many big moments like that so number three is the parade number two i put that last minute 45 two minutes of the game kind of in one sector with of course lebron block and the i have a shirt that has the picture of the block that i wear wear all the time so like love it I have it as my background screen. Love it. On my phone. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> if it I wasn't had, for that, who knows what would happen. Been carrying that shirt around any place I go, just, you know, just to put some stuff on to, you know, celebrate as much <laughs> as I can. Um, so I put those last two minutes kind of together. Like if I were to go top moments of actual basketball being played, we could break that down forever. But so I'll put that together as number two. But number one for me, and it, probably always will be it was probably a matter of two seconds it felt like two hours um, being in line at dick sporting goods to go get the championship gear and my dad kind of getting out of his car and getting over to my sister and i in line and um the hug that we shared just that moment um that will always be and i mean i'm kind of tearing up right now um that was uh that will always be the number one memory that I have of the entire championship because while, you know, like I said, it's a football town and, and 52 years of all the teams not winning a championship, basketball, that one, to break the drought, that one will always mean a lot. And it's the connection that I have with my dad and, and what he has meant to me, bringing me up to be who I am today as a man, my sports fandom, basketball, right there um you know hopefully you know the indians can ever win one and grandpa's around that'll be that kind of moment too but that hug with my dad number one and that'll never that'll never change so i'm going to bring it up to you guys i think what we should do you know espn always does their 30 for 30s 
Mm-hmm. That summer in Cleveland and fall was unreal. And I, you know, I already know they didn't believe land and all that stuff, mm-hmm. but they didn't. They didn't picture in the Indians at the World Series. They didn't like that whole year was just amazing, just for Cleveland. Yeah. But at that point in time, we are here at the trivia time. Yeah. All right. So, gentlemen, I asked you in Game Seven of 2016, we have our five starters: LeBron James, hmm. Irving, J.R. Smith. Kevin Love and Tristan Thompson, who were the other three people, and there was only three people played in that game. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I'll I'll go first because I think okay. Kevin probably has a better chance of getting this than I do. But, um, <laughs> I'm I'm confident in two of them. Um, the third one's going to be a struggle. Uh. So. One I'm confident in is Richard Jefferson. That's one. Another one, Amon Shumpert. That's two. And the other one I was trying to think. I, I don't think Delhi played. I don't think Mozgov played. Uh, the other two guys I was down to, and uh, maybe I don't. There was no garbage time or nothing. But um, James Jones um was one guy and. The guy I'm gonna go with, uh, Dante Jones. Oh, shoot! All right, he played game out. six. Try that. Yeah, yeah, he played those those key five minutes in game six. Yep. When we have every single and Jefferson. Who <laughs> is number three? Wow. Um, hmm. He played a whopping four and a half minutes. <laughs> he scored one field goal on three shots. I want to say Mo Williams played that game. Ah, yeah! Oh, really? Yeah. Holy nice. I, he because, scored, huh? Because I can actually see in my mind, I can see Delhi full warm-ups the entire time. Channing Fry full oh, warm-ups with the vocal leader on the bench the entire yeah. time. Um, you know, some of the other guys that would typically play, like I knew Dante Jones was game six. James Jones never played. Did you Mozgov, you're not gonna play him against honest. the Warriors? Did you Google so. it? No, I have Don't the you picture of the <laughs> I have the picture of the team up here oh. just so I you know can go, oh, you know, just goodness. have them in front of me. But I'm going with I I was just trying to use the images of them because there's pictures of them playing in the series. Like I was trying, like trying to think, oh. like yeah, he played. Yeah, Mo Williams played four and a half minutes, and he scored. And he scored. He was wow. one three. So, if you guys so don't believe me, I'll that. send you my. Everybody else, Bosgoff didn't play. No, no. Like the list, I started laughing when I looked at. It. I'm like, there's five people and two more, and that's it. All right. Oh wait, there's Mo Williams. Yeah. <laughs> so. Shoot. Guys, we have got to get in my cousin Vinny's word of the day before we close out the show. All oh, right. Yeah. So it is, what is it, Vinny? The word is jacon. Jacon. Oh. Jacond. Now, the way that's spelled, though, is J O C U N D. Oh, my so, Lord. I am horrible at this. Oh. All right. What is the definition of jacon? Is it a verb? Adjective. 
Adjective. All right. So, thank you, Mary Webster. I wouldn't have known that otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with bright and colorful. Okay. All right. Vinny? No, Bry. Oh, Bry? Yeah, Vinny, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm not this. What do you think the definition, Vinny? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. You can take a stab at it. Well, <laughs> all right. I'll, 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 I'll say feisty. Feisty? Feisty. Sure. Okay. All right. Come on. Um, just because this is what this piece of the show is making me feel, I'm going to go agitated or aggravated. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. All right, All right, so Vinny, what is the word of the day? So, to be marked by or suggestive of high spirits and lively mirthfulness is the uh, exact definition. So, um, I'm closest, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah, you know, to be of high spirits and <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah, I think you are actually the closest. You have a metaphorical, colorful spirit oh, you, so, know, you know I said, right or I colorful. Liked it. agreeable or delightful don't Absolutely. don't don't be a hater over there all right is, is, is mistfulness to... next week's word <laughs> which, which one what <laughs> what was the definition again the definition again was marked by or suggestive of high spirits and lively mirthfulness. Mirthfulness. So, Maybe what that'll be is mirthfulness? Well, there's your word of the day for next week. Feisty for that one, too. <laughs> That's how you tease right there. <laughs> there <you go. laughs> Tune in next week. All right. So, Kevin, thank you so much for coming on. It's, it's so much fun having you guys on with us. I appreciate I everything, bud. I really do. And find him on Voice of the Land or at Big Play. And he is at KevinIn7 on Twitter. And you got to throw some Pixar picks at him. He loves them. Oh, I love it. He <laughs> loves Pixar them. all day. Pixar yeah. MCU all day. Diwali. Diwali. So, Brian, give him a God bless. Yep. God bless you. God bless America. Vinny, give a good night. Hey, have a good night, everybody. We are Legal Hand of Face. We support our troops and our first responders and everything that they do. Thank you guys so much for what you do. Come on, stay on for just one second after this. Uh, we are definitely uncorked, unloaded, and we're out. Say it. Jacond. <laughs>